don't take this the wrong way, Richard. If you don't win two championships, that first championship really don't count. And so, so I want to throw my drink at you because you can barely even get that shit out with a straight face. One of the things I love about betting my favorite sports is that I'm always finding new player props or game props that I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. It's called a same game parlay bet, and you can only find them on FanDuel. Same game parlay is just one of the reasons I bet with FanDuel. It's easy to register, easy to deposit, easy to find your bet. It's easy to place your bet fast during a game if you see a trend you like. My friends, they love betting on FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook. Plus, when you win, FanDuel pays out your winnings in as little as 24 hours. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today to create a same-game parlay and use promo code ROADTRIPPIN at sign-up. New users get their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back in site credit if you don't win. That is promo code ROADTRIPPIN so they know I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 years and older and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only site credit and non-withdrawable and expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See sportsbook.fanduel.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF for Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER. New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia, Tennessee, Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee, or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hey, Road Trippin' fam. Just want to give a shout out to some of our friends in the podcast business. The Just Women Sports podcast, Tea with A&F, is back from Olympic break. The podcast, hosted by 2020 WNBA MVP Asia Wilson and 2019 Rookie of the Year Nafisa Collier, features awesome guests who spill all the tea, including Don Staley, Kevin Durant, Elena Deladon, Steph Curry, and more, along with commentary on the WNBA season so far. The latest episode features 2021 WNBA All-Star MVP winner and Dallas Wings guard Arike Agumbawale. Make sure you download the episode and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss a thing. And while you're at it, make sure you've signed up for the Just Women's Sports newsletter so you never miss the latest women's sports news. Welcome into this edition of Road Trip, and we are back in the studio. I'm your host, Allie Clifton, alongside Richard Jefferson. Uh, Channing Fry remains away from us. Uh, he can't get far enough away from us. Um, yeah, right. Y'all miss me. I know it. <laughs> you wish. Uh, you guys had some fun this morning. This is not your first podcast today. No, not our first. No. Probably won't be my last today. But I heard that you guys saved um, some time for that of our guest, who if you watch Spectrum Sportsnet, if you watch the Lakers, if you watch the NBA over the last... 35 years you yeah. would know wow. this man he's a seven-time yeah. champ she did name. something she never changed a new season <laughs> where you're not bagging on me but yeah I'm starting already 35 Cheers. years it's, it has not been that when did you come into the nba 92 oh, 35 <laughs> years i was four uh, yeah. it's been 35 years yes God. Yes. 
25, though. No. Yeah. Let's I do the math. I played 16 seasons. I've been done for 10-plus years, so it's over. There's no... Hey, 35. Okay, listen, math is not our strong point on this show. <laughs> no, Let's just if say you that. ever try and drink and do Actually, math. we could start there, um, just to kind of refresh. Do what? you both, Richard and Channing, do you guys have college degrees? <laughs> You're damn right I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Channing has one. I have a, an undergrad and a master's. Do you have a college degree? No, I graduated from Cash University. <laughs> oh, here we go. Well, guess what? Our guest is here to tell you, Richard, that it's never too late because he just graduated. Really? Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. What, back in, Does like, that count? January, You're February? asking me? I don't know. I just, it was right <laughs> during the end of the NBA season. It was uh, in May. Yes, yeah, it was I graduated in May. In May. So, like, yeah. I, I, I like, so, no, but so is it like, do like DeVry, is it like a trade school? What did you graduate? <laughs> was no, it ITT Tech? So what no. happened was no, not the disrespect, not the disrespect. No, I'm thinking of disrespect when, anybody. When I when I left college, you know, I went four years. Mm -hmm. You know, not like you really good guys. I had to stay four years. <laughs> and I only had Channing stayed four years. I he had wasn't only, good. I only had eight classes remaining. So I went back and I took my classes online. As soon as I saw COVID come in, we was gonna be on lockdown. So what a better way. There's, you know, you know what? Time. I of all the things that I could have done over COVID, that <laughs> never crossed my <laughs> mind. That yeah. never crossed my mind. Yeah. And I'm thinking of I'm like, that was actually a good idea. We were really there. And I'm like, I never thought about that right? once. But That's how far away from school. But think about it, you so close to graduating, then the NBA calls you. Do this long career in the NBA, you make all this money, you sit back and says, What the hell I need a degree for? You know, but then you realize your mama's sitting there saying, Why don't you have a degree? And then your kids is like, uh, Dad, you don't have a degree. And so you try to set that example for your kids and then make your mama proud. So I went back and got my degree. And so I'm happy now. See, I feel I, I feel like I can consistently keep up a lie to my kids <laughs> until they're in college. But like, no, I went back and got my degree. I went back. Yeah. I went back and got my you degree. You do have a Jim named after you, so obviously you did something right. Yeah, Aww, but that's but that that's really nice of you, Channing. Yeah, no, he doesn't mean that in a complimentary way. You have a gym named so, after you? Well, I donated some money years and years and years ago to help build a practice gym uh -huh. uh, for like the student athletes. Because we didn't have very much. We, we did not have very much there. So uh, they built a practice gym. So now, like, all the volleyball and all the basketball practices are, like, held in, like, this big auxiliary gym, okay. the Richard Jefferson Gymnasium. Oh, that's if awesome, you're ever on man. campus, if you're ever on campus. Yeah, you know. Rich, if I ever make it big, I promise you, if I got an extra five to ten million, I'm changing the name on that gym. <laughs> Two things. I'm trying well, to figure out amazing. what you mean. What you first of all, if you want to pay me five or ten million, you can have it. I'll tell you that. You give me five million dollars or ten million dollars, I'll give you the name of the gym. It does. It does. I have the naming yeah. rights. Uh, I have the naming rights to the gym. That's what you pay hey, for. When I, when I left Alabama, I was like, thank you, holla. I'm not leaving you. I'm not giving <laughs> I'm you out. any money. These mugs still make me pay for tickets. If I want to go to a football game, you know, they, have, they say, oh, can you pay for that? I'm like, dude, do you know how much money I generated <laughs> for this school? I'm like, I don't even have my picture in the building. So... Oh, actually, okay, oh, see, wow. No, so Allie, Allie the, went to, Allie went to she was on campus. It is a shrine on campus. Like, he doesn't have his picture in the building. Like, I went on what? On well, Arizona's campus. You don't have your picture at it's, Bama? It's, I want it inside the arena so when a game is playing, <laughs> And you boom. made me wear your jersey on a show and you don't even have your picture it's in, in the, the arena? Lobby. I don't count that. It's in the lobby. 
But some people don't come through the lobby. They come through the no, back. No, ours is like the our, the entire arena is a shrine to Arizona basketball. <laughs> like they're just like all well, up and down you, the you hallway. You do realize I went to a juggernaut on the football field, so that kind That's of takes precedence over every other sport. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. Should we? Okay, I I feel like I've done this all wrong. Even though it's gonna air later. Happy birthday. Happy Thank birthday. You. I mean, that's the other thing, too. Happy you, birthday. Yeah, you just, oh, jeez, Channing. You decided to come what? spend your birthday with Road Trippin? Yeah. Uh, this is why. to get his drink on. <laughs> no, we won't. So, my first podcast I ever did was with Richard Jefferson. So Episode 35, Road Trippin? I don't know what episode it was. I'm just, it was I see trippin'? this with people. I know, I, let me just say that. Get enough, we don't get enough credit <laughs> for the godfathers of this sports podcast. We don't get That's enough. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. We don't get enough credit, but, but thank you, you Robert. Still, I think you, you were still in, a little pup in Cleveland. When she was in Cleveland. No, no, I was Alex a part Curry. of it, but Richard decided to just leave Channing and I to fend for ourselves that summer. Oh, we did it with Geeter. And he decided, yeah. we yeah. did it with Geeter. Yeah. That yeah. was uh, Road Trip in yeah. uh, World Trip in LA. Or summer yeah. edition. Summer However, edition. However. It was fun. With but that, I want to say this, though. That podcast added fuel you? to the fire of people not liking me in San Antonio. <laughs> okay, can we talk about it? Because if you didn't listen to it, you have to go back. We're on episode like 165, 167, 169. Yeah. Maybe right now. That's but, what she said. Yeah, I know. Uh, but Rob's episode is episode 35. And the title literally is F Road Trippin' with Robert Ori. <laughs> because that was one of, I, that's still one of our most listened to podcasts. It is. Because I was, because at that time I was really mad at Pop, the Spurs, and everybody. So I kind of just let it flow. Wait, why? At that time in 2017? Yeah. Because, you know, when you leave the league, and you feel like people have lied to you, you you, you kind of pisses you off. I, if a guy comes and tells me, yo, Rob, I don't like you because of this reason, I wouldn't even get mad. I would respect you. But if you tell me something, like we like to say, blow smoke up your ass, and then I have a, I have an issue. And I, I think with me, it was when Pop, like I was at the end of my career, and Pop's like, oh, yeah, we're going to bring you back. And so just stay in shape. We're going to bring you back because we're going to make a trade. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, I never heard back from him. You know, at least call me back. It's like, yo, man, um, that that deal fell through. We're gonna go another direction. Don't have me waiting by the phone. Which, you know, I can respect. It's a business, and sometimes, you know, things, you know, it's a pecking order, and I went on that order. But I was a little upset. So, I said yeah, some but things. sometimes, and to your point though, it's different when you have equity with a person. Mm -hmm. It's like I've played with you. We've won a championship together. You were a large part of that. Yeah, I so, saved like, your ass in 2005. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> You've saved a lot of asses over the course of your career. Point being is that that's where the 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 the, the frustration. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Is more of if I was just a guy, if I was just that, but we have a prior history yeah. and relationship. So like, if you tell me to your point, hey, this isn't the direction we're going to go right now, but I appreciate you. Versus just silence. That that's a tough one. Yeah, that's a big tough one. And I think if a lot of times that's where. The disconnect becomes with organizations and players. And I think sometimes they don't think players can handle the truth. And I think a lot of players can because if you tell a player the truth and, and tell them in a matter of time, especially in the offseason, oh, we're not going to bring you back. Okay, now I can move on to find out what I can do or make a decision for my case if I want to continue playing or if I want to find another team. Because when you in your 16th season, you're not really trying to find another team and learn new plays. You say, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable here. My family is here. I don't want to move on. So you're sitting there waiting and, and passing up other opportunities. And I think mm -hmm. that's the problem that, that happens where organizations forget that you do have other opportunities. Don't let this pass these guys by because, hey, 
Well, you know, I might have wanted to go play another two years. Not even though I didn't. Right. But I just think that it was the way it was handled was kind of wrong. So I was a little perturbed. Okay, so you came <laughs> on road tripping and you let it all out. What? Do you left that was in what? With the Spurs? What year? Uh, I don't even remember. Yeah, so like it exactly. Was so, long ago. so like yeah. ten to fifteen years later, yeah. you decide to divulge all of this yeah, on road trip. But tripping. you gotta understand, like sometimes you're like, you know what? I want to <laughs> say something. <laughs> but you gotta realize he and I both played for the Spurs, so we kind of understood right. what was going on in that system. So it was kind of he just said the right thing, and it just. So who did you? <laughs> Diary the of wine the also helps. <laughs> yeah. We're in the Red Cup Lounge. That mm -hmm. also helped. Mm -hmm. Downstairs basement. So, you know, it's typically it's typically the second or third glass of wine. You're like, you know what I've been meaning to say for the last <laughs> decade, right? So it's it's no no I get it. But, you know, the cool thing about you know the situation in San Antonio is that, to me, there's always like such a huge positive. And there's also, I don't want to say negative, but it's like a huge learning experience. Yeah. So like you had a great, <laughs> a, a ton of positive stuff and you learned a lot in that situation, whether it's about business, how things are done, the hierarchy, you know, just just all the stuff. It's San Antonio is a very unique place. Does it give you a different level of respect, like all three of you as players in the league to see what Tim Duncan did? Just, he was with <laughs> that, what? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. I mean, the same franchise, right? For that many years. Why are, why? No, so why again, we... again, Rob, no, Robert's silly. No, so Rob, Robert's funny, right? So we had a conversation earlier today, and I was oh, like, Robert, you have said that Hakeem Olajuwon was better than Tim Duncan. And he started getting death threats from San Antonio fans. I can't even go back to SC no more. They pissed at me. Yeah. Well, oh, uh, again, so, so for yeah. the people on Spectrum and on, you know, the road trip and family that haven't heard it in a long time, <laughs> what were your thought process behind saying, like, if you had to draft one guy, you would draft Hakeem Olajuwon yeah. over Tim Duncan ten times? Yes. Yeah, so I, I said this, um, and so the whole city of San Antonio was <laughs> mad at me. Because they felt like I said Tim Duncan is the worst player in the world, but I did not say that. I said to me, and this is my personal opinion, just like I try to explain to everybody, if someone comes up and says, I'm gonna say my mother is ten times better than your mom. And so, you know, and so it's just my feeling. I know it ain't the same, it's a relationship, it's a mother's father, but I say because I look at it like this. Dream was my mentor. He took me on his wing when I first got to Houston. He helped me learn not basketball, but the business side of basketball, which is the most important thing when you come to the NBA. So, and and I don't mean it's in a disrespectful way. When I got to San Antonio, there was nothing Tim Duncan could teach me. Mm -hmm. So my love for Dream is a lot, you know, is bigger than it is for Tim. So I said, you know, Dream is ten times better than Tim Duncan, and the world was on fire after that because they felt like I slapped Tim Duncan in the face, which I didn't. I just said I feel like Dream is ten times better than. Duncan. You, you, Channing and Richard all know something about saying things where the, the public or Twitter or the trolls really just don't agree with any of you. No, <laughs> no. Well, San Antonio don't agree with anything. You, you can't, can't say anything about Tony Parker, Ginobili, and Tim Duncan Our and pop. David Robinson. Can, Everybody can they else? say anything about you? Oh, you can say whatever you want. I, they don't like it when you talk about me. <laughs> just they don't want my name brought up. They don't want my name brought up at all. That's the key part there. But you think I love San Antonio. I saw, I made some really great friends in San Antonio, but it's almost like you can't be opinionated when it comes to talking about the Spurs. It was like you can't say anything bad. And I love the organization. I love Pop. 
I, I love playing for Tim. I thought Tim was one of the greatest teammates ever. He never got mad about not getting the ball because we know, think about it, this Tim was still in his prime. He allowed Tony Parker to do his thing and win MVP of a finals when Tim could have probably said, yo, no, it's my time to shine because there's nobody. But he stepped back. He is the most humble guy, and he doesn't get mad. He doesn't want accolades. He just wants to win. Yeah. So I love that about the guy, but, you know, it's that is the But if you had to draft, if you had to draft. I'm drafting dream all day. You're drafting dream all day. <laughs> yeah. Who's your, who's your top five all-day team? All day? Jordan, Dream, Kobe, Shaq, and I always throw this one in there. Everybody laughs when I said that, Bernard King. Ooh. <laughs> Nobody. Okay, I just, why nah. Bernard King? Because I just think anytime you can score 40 with two dislocated fingers on, <laughs> on the right hand and the left hand, it's just, I just, it's just certain guys in this league that don't get enough respect. Bernard and King. Bernard King yeah. was amazing. He could score on anyone. Um, he, and he just, I, I, you know, we can talk about, I love Clyde. You know, I, I love, you know, Tim and all these guys I play with. But when you sit back and you watch somebody and you see what they could do on other teams, you respect that. And I just love the way Bernard King played the game. Bernard King was right before... <laughs> the NBA really made that jump to yeah. super, to like Maine. So it's like all of the old heads know his name. You see his records, his numbers in the garden yeah. and all that other stuff. And Christmas Day, I think he might still have the record for most points on Christmas Day. Yeah. But it was like right before the NBA really turned that corner and became like box office. So his name is more of like... Who? <laughs> like, no, yeah. but I'm saying his name <laughs> yeah. is more in the lines of the... I don't even know how to say it. It's more of like a legend than it is the actual reality. It's like it's, one of those guys at Rucker Park. Yeah, like Rucker <laughs> yeah. Park. It's like Pee Wee Kirkland. It's like the legend of them King is greater. Is, no, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, Rick, who's your five? I was just going to ask for the both of you to give your five, yeah. My five of like what? All-time teammates? Yeah. No, players, right? Did you say teammates, Yeah, Shannon? players. Yeah, players, players or teammates? Yeah, your five teammates. Oh, that's, man, that's tough, man, because, like, Again, like we don't. It's so weird. You're gonna miss somebody. This is no. I said, should you hush your mouth? I think <laughs> personally, you, actually, in two weeks it'll change, right? <laughs> what? In it, two weeks it changed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I think the, the like, I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the greatest basketball player to ever live, right? Yeah. Like, if you're talking about high school, college, professional career, show me a flaw from start to finish. Like the dude won three national championships. Then goes the NBA. Should have won four if the freshman could play. If the freshman could have played. <laughs> yeah. So you go and look at it, and it's like like he is. Like you could talk about the GOAT NBA players might different because then it, it, it levels out the playing field a little bit. But Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the greatest person to ever touch a basketball, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. from, yeah. you know, so Kareem is one. I would put, you know, to me, I think Magic – Again, personally, is the greatest Laker of all time. I'm just no disrespect to Kobe. I just think that Magic Johnson, whether it's you know whether it's winning a championship as a rookie, like multiple you know same amount of championships, you know all time leading assist man when he retired, all this stuff. I think Magic, especially because what he did helped bring the NBA to where it is, helped save the NBA, like everything. So like his cultural impact, very similar to how Steph Curry changed the game. Magic Johnson saved the game. That's a different. That's a different thing. So I would say, yeah, Kareem, Magic, I would put Braun in my five. I would put Tim Duncan because I played against him and played with him. And then after that, I'm just going to go, again, 
personal preference about people that I played with, Jason Kidd, uh, I think. Wow. Yeah, I would just say like Jason Kidd, if I had Jason Kidd and what I, you know, the business of basketball, the tweaks of basketball, he was the first person to teach me to talk to the referees, get to know them, like say hello. And that goes a long way in like helping your career and helping your, you know, just being respectful to the game. So, you know, I don't think Jason Kidd's a top five guy of all time, but like Who's I have running to throw point some on guys. What? Who's running point on your team? Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. Well, Magic. Jason, no, well, Magic. Magic can play. Magic can play any position. Yeah. Magic and Braun are like similar. You play any oh, position. Yeah, what about Braun? Yeah, they play any position. <laughs> they play any position. But Jay Kidd, yeah. with all due respect to both, as fast as Braun is, Jay Kidd was faster. <laughs> Jay Kidd in his prime was was fast. Yeah. He was he was Channing, a speedster. Who's your five? Yo, uh, <laughs> Braun, Jordan, Kobe, Dirk, and Shaq. Wow, that's quick. And the reason why I have Dirk he was ready for and that. not Hakeem or Tim Duncan um, is just I feel like you could put Dirk anywhere on the court and he's a problem, right? Not that, like, Tim Duncan obviously was better defensively, but for me, it was just, like, to see a big man that's seven foot, line. that versatility was he's a – there was nothing – I'm seven foot, and I didn't realize that until, like, Later on in my career. <laughs> how do you not realize how tall you are? Dirk, Dirk was way, like, you could not block his shot. And it no. was like, no matter you do, he would tell me what he was going to do. He's like, fade away. I'm like, fade away, nothing. Let me play this. Cash, cash. Give me the burger, right? And he'd be like, give me this. I got a burger on me. And start shooting these things. And I'm just like, there's nothing I can do to guard this dude like I have to just hack him and it was just like he just was just you you know what shot is coming um and then I would say coming off the bench <laughs> I would say well, who said bench it said know. five how are you doing a bench because you everybody because it's my game motherfucker I wanna... <laughs> 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 um I mean I, I mean to be honest I would put the dream on there Growing up in Phoenix and watching him absolutely dismantle the Suns was awesome because my dad was like, hey. Remember when Kevin John, that was like, again, in Phoenix, uh, there has never been a play shown more well, in all dream. of Phoenix history, still oh, to this God. day, than when Kevin Johnson dunked on Kareem Hakeem. So get this. <laughs> Here we go. Kevin Johnson had the nerve to bring that picture in the locker room and asked Dream to sign it. No, he didn't. No. No, Dream, he didn't. Dream looked at him. You know, people don't notice about Dream. Back in the day, Dream would sock you in your mouth because only like a $25 fine. Dream used to knock people out. So Dream, <laughs> <laughs> Dream almost reverted to the days before he really dove deep into his religion. Yeah, he looked at him like, don't disrespect me like that. And he's like, don't disrespect me like that. And everybody said, dude, you better get out of here. No like, who way. had the nerve to do some stupid crap like that? You come in the locker room when you dunk on someone. I'd be acting like, you know, oh, Allie, I'm going to dunk on you. Mack Truck, I'm about to kill you. Here, sign this for me. It's just... <laughs> I would sign it for you, That just lets you know the culture of the, 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 Phoenix, about Suns. the Phoenix Suns. But the question, question is, did he sign it? <laughs> KJ almost got his, his jaw knocked off. He, he didn't leave that locker room for it fast enough. I'm Yo, like, dude, what? could you imagine that? Could you imagine walking into the locker room and asking a guy that you just dunked on, like, 
what could you sign it? What would be the top five dunks that you think a guy should go into the locker room and ask somebody else to sign? The Sean Kemp one. Uh, Jason Terry LeBron. by LeBron. The, yeah. oh, okay, but wait. Well, okay, the Vince Carter over the over the oh my God. Oh, in the Olympics. Yes. Kobe on Dwight. Oh, I was gonna say. Kobe on Dwight. Aaron Davis on Andre T Kirilenko. T Max. T Max on, over uh, uh, Bradley. Bradley. Yeah. Ooh. We're missing Starks on Jordan. Yeah. Could John Starks go into <laughs> the Bulls locker room? You know Jordan putting his hands on him. He's oh, gonna yeah. put his hands on no, him. No, but like, okay, so I think that's more of like, what does that say about Kevin Johnson? Because like to me to hear that story blows my have mind. You ever One, met it Kevin tells Johnson? you that he doesn't have any friends. Have you ever met Kevin Johnson? <laughs> yeah. He's a little different. Oh. You know, he's a little different. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but he's from, I didn't. I never got a chance. When I played, I never got a chance to know him. I never talked to him. He would come in. He didn't talk to nobody. He just practiced when he felt like practicing. When when J Kid wasn't there, and he wasn't. His feelings weren't hurt, so he did his thing and walked. We never had a conversation. Why was and his feelings hurt? Because they <laughs> traded for J. They traded for J Kid. And they got rid of Steve Nash and Michael Finley, my my two good friends. I know it sounds weird. Yeah. They were on that team, and they brought in J Kid. And he got his feelings hurt. He didn't even come to practice for two days. <laughs> so really, like, yo, man, it was ridiculous, man. So I come from a culture where we go hard every day in practice. You know, you, you you're not gonna go long. You can go for maybe an hour, hour and a half, but you practice hard. Ooh, there we go. And then KJ <laughs> was like, "Oh, I'm not coming to practice because y'all gonna replace me with this new kid." His feelings was hurt. And so, and then when he comes back and try to explain everything. You know, he took his little crew that had been there for a while, um, you know, Wayman, uh, Danny Manning, uh, Joe Klein, and he goes in this little private room and explains the situation. So I get pissed. I'm like, yo, man, F this. No, I want to hear this shit. No, this ain't no, uh-uh. This is some bullshit. I said, I need to know what's fucking going on. Why your soft ass didn't come to practice? Yeah, you and, 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 look. And, and Danny Ainge was like, just calm down. I, said, I mean, fuck you, man. No, uh -uh. <laughs> hey, I want to know why you ain't come to practice. I said, this is why y'all asses got beat when you were up 0-2 and then up 3-1 on us because y'all fucking soft. <gasps> and they was like, Robert Comney, if it wasn't for Paul Silas, Paul Silas was my guy there. Yeah. He's the only one that kept, you know, he was like, I was like that bulldog ready to go at somebody. He was always holding that chain <laughs> on me. But he let me loose when I threw the towel in Danny Ainge's face, though. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah man, but, it was, but that, man. And that's, you know, what's so funny is like, you know, Kevin Johnson just as a, again, Phoenix kid, um, you know, his brother uh, went to school out there. And so there's a lot, a lot, you know, a lot of people out there knew him, but you just like Kevin was obviously still, he was like mayor of Sacramento ra randomly, but like not a lot of people like know Kevin very, very well. Mm -hmm. uh, but he had a first step like going right. That was something that like, uh. I don't think like, that's one thing that's not talked about a lot in basketball right now, like quick first steps. Grant Hill, yeah, quick oh. first step. Like, he didn't Ooh. have all this dance. He would just, and it was like, oh, wait, he's by me. But yeah, And he had those big broad square <laughs> shoulders once he got by you. Oh, it's a bad feeling. But a bad feeling. But, a bad feeling. Dog, that's, you know, they don't even hit you with a right. But Channing, against you, literally <laughs> everyone has a quick first step. <laughs> Richard, I've said this before. I'm a positional <laughs> defender. I'm in the right position. What happens after that? Shit, I don't even know. Whether my feet are good, I got one pair of socks, two pair of socks. 
What did I eat that day? Do I feel light on my feet? I, you know, that's not why I'm out there, Richard. I'm out there to get I, I, buckets. Did, have you, okay, in, in the last six years of your career, was any of those seasons, did you have more blocks than threes at any point in time? No way. Not even close. <laughs> Chani, I'm not. I'm if not I, like Chani. Ch block somebody, I probably fouled them. Chani, you know when you first My came out of when you first came out of Arizona, I just say, okay, this guy reminds me of me so much. <laughs> Why? Like, because we both like three, four, five guys. We can do a little bit of everything. And then I was like, okay, he's gonna be the next. You know, because I was the first guy to get 100 blocks, 100 steals, and 100 threes in the game. So I was like. Channing Fry is going to be the next. Oh, in a season. I'm sorry, in a season. Yeah. I said, Channing Fry is going to be that next guy. And then I realized, I said, shit, Channing don't block no shots. No, he don't block no shots. He don't get no steals. He got the threes, though. Yeah, he got the he threes, got the but he ain't blocking no shots. No, no, no. He's taking charges. Problem. Listen, because we're going to. I tell this story all the time, too. My first two years, I was playing center. So, like, but I'm playing center versus real centers. I'm talking about giants of the forest. they like, oh, Channing at. You know, 22 years old, six foot ten, six foot eleven, two thirty. Go guard Shaq. Go guard Yao. <laughs> listen, look, I'm a I'm a featherweight. I can't be down there with the big fellas. Featherweight. What am I blocking? You want featherweight with that no featherweight with that man on your shirt right now. Yeah. Way to get that in there. <laughs> With that said, someone actually sent in a question for the last episode, Channing, and asked if you ever guarded Yao Ming. Man, I had to guard Yao Ming in the playoffs <laughs> for Portland. How'd that like, go? Channing, we need you. I said, you need me? I asked for a trade six months ago. <laughs> now you need me? Now you need me? This ain't no, oh, we left. The tires are off. The tires are off the car. We're not going nowhere. Man, Yao Ming, the pro people don't understand how big he was and how strong and the fact that, like, he wasn't just going to bully you. He was just like, uh, I'm going to shoot so turn skilled. Right, He was so skilled. He shot the, and here's for reference, he shot the technical fouls for that team, no matter who was on the court. That's how good he was. I, I remember oh, Yao's yeah. rookie year. Have you everybody seen that video of Boban holding the ball like this and Anthony Davis yeah. couldn't get it? <laughs> right? And Anthony Davis is six foot eleven with the longest arm. No, no, he's and he's trying to get the ball, and Boban's just doing this, making him look like a little kid. I swear to God, Yao Ming, so Jason Collins, who was here guest on, on the podcast, he uh we me and I forgot, it was like me and Jay Kidd. So Yao Ming grabs a rebound, and Jason Collins trying to get it, and Yao Ming just does this, and Jason Collins is trying to, like, reach and get it, and me and Jason kept running back on defense. We were like, God, I don't think I'd never seen it before. Because this was, this was 12 years before Boban came into the league. Yeah. We had never seen somebody that much bigger where they could take a 6'10", 6'11 guy and just do this and make them not reach and get the ball. I remember when we first played him with Shaq and everybody knew how big Shaq is. And then we all like, damn, this motherfucker bigger than Shaq. <laughs> you know, he was he was so so big and he was such a nice guy. And I had I, so I got to know him well because you know the Rockets organization and we have a conversation. And he's talking about basketball. He's bringing up all these old players. I'm looking at him like, yo, dude, I thought you didn't speak English. I'm like, what the hell? How you know all these old players? And he's just going down the list and he come a couple across a couple of players. I'm like, who the fuck is that? I don't even know who they are. But he was so knowledgeable of the history of basketball. 
And I think that's one of the things that never gets talked about him too, his IQ, because if his lower body wouldn't went out, he'd be one, he'd be probably considered one of the greats because he could play. He was very oh, skilled, good. very smart. Oh man. Yeah. Speaking cool. of Houston, um, obviously these guys, and, and I will vouch as well because I was a, a part, I guess I covered the team when they won their championship that they have. Um, and they love their team. What? It's just one. He has seven. Ex That's exactly. Not, you know. I was getting there. Way to walk yourself oh, into my it. Bad, my beat, my beat. But what for happened? someone like yourself who oh. has seven rings <laughs> and that uh, means it's not nearly as special for him. It's far more special for <laughs> us. I'd rather have one than seven. His aren't even special to him anymore. So like, would you rather have an only child or seven? I, don't have, I want one kid. They're going to get all my love and attention. I don't have to pick a favorite. Hey, so uh, how many kids you got? I got Two. All right, so now you gotta go home and explain that to your kids. Which they know I ones. don't like either of them. I dislike them that both. That was actually really good of you. I like what? that one. What? The seven rings to one, seven yeah. children to one. It's like, dude, <laughs> come like on, that. thank you. Okay, but two things with that. Do you have a favorite championship? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I have. Actually, I have two. You do? Yeah, when he's it, done, let me know. I'll tell you my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> my, 90, my 95 championship is, is special because we were a six seed and we didn't have home court. We didn't have any home court advantage, nowhere. None. And to, if you go back and look at the teams we beat on that run, we beat Utah in a game five in their place where they tried to cheat and hold the clock. And it literally, we went back and looked at it. The ball bounced around the court. John Stockton passed it. And it was 11 seconds left to go. They probably held it for 15 seconds before they started the clock. <laughs> and we won that game. Then we go on the road. I got to see. We're going to have to find that. Yeah. Then we go on the road to play Phoenix. We go down 3-1 to Phoenix. And then we win that series. And then we go Seattle? to San Antonio. San Antonio. San Antonio where David Robinson was winning MVP. And they had a crew. Avery, Sean, Rodman on that team. Yeah. Uh, Terry Cummins. They had a crew. We beat them in five. Uh, and then we Who go was the, the two guard on that team? Uh, uh, Ellie? No, no. no uh, Denny. Uh, Del Negro. Oh, Vinny Del Negro, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and then we go on to play Shaq, Penny, you know, and that crew, and we swept them. And that was the first time in a long time a team has been swept in the finals. And for us to have that run. That's when Hakeem was a yeah, he yeah. He made Shaq. Remember what I said, how Boban made Andy Davis look like a little kid? <laughs> that's what that's yeah. what Hakeem did yeah. to, to Shaq. But that's all because the them giving the MVP trophy to David Robinson, it sparked dream. We always talk about, you know, Jordan always talk about how he needed these things to spark him. Every athlete does that. Yeah. And that spark, to give that trophy in front of Dream, sparked him. We, he pulled out all those moves that you see when he's doing this and the footwork. We were sitting like, where the hell did that come from? We had never seen he him was in, He was <laughs> in his bag. He, he went deep into the bag. He's like this. Bag, yeah. He go way back in and pull some out. And then, you know, if you look at that, think about that. Every team was a 55-plus win team that we beat. That's incredible. And then the next one is, of course, you know, 16 and 1, 2001 Lakers. You yeah. know, they were trash. Yeah. You... <laughs> and we swept everybody, <laughs> you know? Was that you? No, no. I wasn't here. They got us the next year. Oh, they, nice. <laughs> they beat us next year. Oh, that team. Yeah, I promise you. I said to somebody that the, be the, 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 the second best team I ever played against, truly played against or faced, was the 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 17 warriors 
right? Mm -hmm. Steph, Clay, KD, Draymond. Uh, that that team, there was no there was no formula for that. I don't care what like you, you almost needed this. like a USA basketball team to it be is. assembled to beat them. That's not a that's not an exaggeration. You were there. Not but joking. but the best team, the best team was the 01 Lakers. Like the the stuff cuz I'm sorry, this is what's different and why Shaq I know Steph gets all the credit for changing the game, but why Shaq was different. Shaq forced you to carry three extra big men or two extra big men <laughs> yes. on your roster. So, like, that eliminated the opportunity to play small, which I guarantee, like, well, three's worth more than two. Yes, but you were going to have to keep a big man and multiple big men on the floor because Shaquille O'Neal, as much as I love Draymond, Draymond was not doing anything against prime Shaq O'Neal yeah. at all. Okay, so we've got... He, he's, he's not Ben Wallace. We've got someone <laughs> from the 01 Lakers. You know where I'm going with this. And we've got two of you who no, win against the 17 Warriors. 01 Lakers, 17 Warriors. The 01 Lakers would destroy, and it's purely because of Shaq. Because <laughs> hey, nobody can guard Shaq. If you, like, Richard is so correct when he said, uh, you have teams, if a team said, okay, we have a chance to win a championship, and they look around the league, we're probably going to be playing the Lakers. Oh, we need – it's so many guys that got jobs, centers, guys, got guys that shouldn't even been in the fucking league because they needed a body to put on Shaq. You know, you, know, you go back and look at um, uh, Sacramento. They had Chris Webber, they had Vladi, and they had uh, Thunderbird they were used. And they had uh, – Scott Pollard. Scott Pollard. And so they had four guys, but Chris wasn't going to guard him. So you had all these guys you could double-team Shaq with or put on Shaq to wear him down, but – he was just a beast. So I'm, I'm looking at the, Draymond. You know, he's a good defender, but he's no Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace was one of those guys that was extraordinary. He was able to guard Shaq. I don't know how or why. Yeah, but, but you say that. But even when you guys lost, or even you weren't on the team in 04, I don't you already said. Finals, dude. Come yeah. on now. What? I don't lose in the finals. I mean, hush. Are you undefeated in the finals? I'm undefeated. I hate you. I hate, there's so much about Wrong you. Wrong with the flex. I hate. I hate you so much. But when I was, I was thinking about, it, I was like, yo, when they lost, like people don't forget when the the Detroit Pistons beat them. Shaq still averaged 35 and like 17. It was Kobe that struggled in that series against Tayshawn. Really, really struggled because Kobe. He was trying so hard to win finals MVP yeah. that he just yeah, kept yeah. shooting and kept pretty and much Carl shot. Carl struggled against Rasheed, too. Carl Malone struggled. Oh, yeah. Rasheed. Well, Carl wasn't 100% healthy. His knee was not but, like. But shit, it's hard to guard Rasheed. Uh, I tell yeah. people all the time, Rasheed's one of the toughest guys I ever had to guard because he can do it all. You know, inside, outside. He's in the, the way he shot the ball was almost like Bill Cartwright. It was high. So you're talking about blocking a shot? You couldn't block a shot. <laughs> Well, and he would tell you to come double team. <laughs> he was the only guy that would post you up. He'd be looking at you like this. Come on, come. You better come. You better tell him come double team. And as soon as you would come, he would turn over that right shoulder. <laughs> oh, it was a worst. seven foot shot, and it was like, was why'd so you even go? But his thing's funny about him. Also, his hands are probably about this big. He has the what? smallest freaking hands ever. I'm like, no wonder you shoot the ball so good. You don't have those big hands uh, like okay. Shaq. Well, Channing, okay. why do you say it's the worst? Because as a rookie, they were like, it was my choice, big-ass Ben Wallace or Rasheed Wallace. <laughs> and the minute I guard him, they said, I got a mouse. Bring that double. <laughs> and the whole game, Chauncey's like, we're feeding you. We're feeding you. And then you got Rip Hamilton. And when he does that curl, right, so they used to call it two down, right, where he used to be in the middle and one side was Ben Wallace and the other side was Rasheed Wallace. Setting the legal-ass screens. <laughs> 
he would come off these screens, so you have to sort of show, or he would curl for a layup. But then if you show too much, he would elbow you and create space for Rasheed Wallace to post up. So, like, it was literally like football running backs getting hit in the ribs, scratching your arms, bleeding. Richard talks about it. Rich, uh, yo, Rip Hamilton, I was joking with him. We did something for uh, NBA Twitter. And I was like, yo, did you purposely cut your fingers like that? He was like, yep. He used to clip, <laughs> used to clip him like this. And then w- when you would try to grab him, he would uh, rip your arm. He bleed. So you had to go Car- the game. Carrie, Dude, it was nasty. That team was so Carrie good. Kittle's it was arms. Because Car- like, so Carrie was our part of the reason why, like, if you're a really good, consistent defensive team, you have certain guys that you know can handle the job. Right? Like, Jay Kidd, there wasn't a point guard in this league that we didn't know that he was going to either get the best of him or be able to handle the job. Kerry Kittles, at a very unique time, was, hey, Kerry, you got Ray Allen, good luck. You got Reggie Miller, good luck. You got AI, good luck. You got Rip Hamilton, good luck. And that was the thing, like, but that was part of the reason why you have a good team. When you have one guy that you can look at and it's like, okay, so all the dudes that run around like crazy, man, oh, Kerry's got them. Like, because Kerry might only score and give us eight points, right? He'd give us eight points, but he'll chase those guys for 42 minutes. You got, you, every team, you know, you have to have a team. We was lucky, talking about that 2001 team, everybody was Good defenders. Oh, in their position. Fish, Cobe, Shaq. And we were just a team that just had the thing about us, Shaq was a, he was determined to win another championship because we always talk about you don't take this the wrong way, Richard. If you don't win two championships, that first championship really don't count. And so oh, come on. So I want to th- throw my drink at you because you can barely even get that shit out with a straight face. When Kevin Durant goes and, and decides to join that team, no one was beating them. But, but, but I'm just saying, this is how we view it. Like, think about it. If you don't win back-to-back championships, they think that first one was a fluke. That's how they look at it. And so Shaq was determined him. not to have that first one be a fluke. So when guys would come off that pick and stuff like that, Shaq was like, come on. I'm going to nail you. So that allowed, And also that allowed us to press up on the outside defensively. We didn't give up a lot of threes. We just phoned the Shaq, so people were scared of Shaq because he knew he was going to give you the Who people's was the elbow. Backup center? Who was the backup centers on those teams? I feel like we had a good backup center. Eldon Campbell was already gone. Eldon was gone, so we really didn't have a backup center. We had John Sally the first year, and then we had Horace Grant. AC was yeah, going to go small, Grant. moving to yeah. uh, power four, and Horace would go to five, but we didn't have a backup center. Oh. We had um, Greg Foster one year. Heck yeah, yeah, they were. But you guys didn't have any, you guys didn't have that slim, Kobe was it. And when Kobe was all defensive guy, but it's like, oh, who's a slim wing defender that would do that? It was like, oh, that was Kobe. But Kobe also, also, like people don't understand, like young, young Kobe. Like he was a good defender later in his career, but I think he got more credit than he probably deserved. But young Kobe, he could lock, he could lock up. Especially on the wing. Yes. But in the post. He was barbecue chicken. <laughs> this episode of Road Trippin' is brought to you by Bourbon Time. Even if you don't have a traditional nine to five schedule, there is no denying that this past year has changed the way that work and rest intersect. Without a designated office to come home from, we're missing that natural break in our days. Our friends at Jim Beam recognize this phenomenon and they wanna help us out. Beat the burnout and start blocking off the hour of 6 to 7 p.m. as your me time, where you can do what you love for you and only you. 
And what better way to spend my me time than with my feet up enjoying a nice smooth glass of Jim Beam. So let's make the idea of bourbon time a reality. Join me in reclaiming 6 to 7 p.m. as the happiest hour so you can do whatever it is that makes you happy. And if that involves a glass of bourbon, remember to drink Jim Beam responsibly. Jim Beam Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, 40% alcohol by volume, copyright 2021, James B. Beam Distilling Company, Claremont, Kentucky. One of the things I love about betting my favorite sports is that I'm always finding new player props or game props that I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. It's called a same game parlay bet, and you can only find them on FanDuel. Same game parlay is just one of the reasons I bet with FanDuel. It's easy to register, easy to deposit, easy to find your bet. It's easy to place your bet fast during a game if you see a trend you like. My friends, they love betting on FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook. Plus, when you win, FanDuel pays out your winnings in as little as 24 hours. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today to create a same-game parlay and use promo code ROADTRIPPIN at sign up. New users get their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back in site credit if you don't win. That is promo code ROADTRIPPIN so they know I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 years and older and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only site credit and non-withdrawable and expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See sportsbook.fanduel.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF for Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Indiana, one 800 27 07117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee, or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. You know, and, and think about Wait, it. Wait, Cole COVID was death. barbecue chicken on the post? No, only with Bonzi, but Bonzi was barbecue chicken Bon-Z, to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, in that Portland series, man, I, and I was like, Cole was so determined to stop him by himself, and it was Bonzi and um, Steve Smith. It was just they going got post, to the post. Work. and they they some of the best post twos and threes ever to play this game. And Phil was like, "No, we're not going double team. We're not going double team. We're not." Ask Smitty if you get Smitty. Ask him about that series where the only reason we probably won is they took Smitty out the post. They took him out the post, and they started going uh, big. And that allowed us to rotate the proper way. You know, you, you, that's what you're accustomed to. Yep. You're not used to Shaq rotating on the double team and then kicking out. So we went back to our normal rotation and our lead, we caught up in the lead. You know, so I know people out there were like, don't you disrespect Kobe. I'm not disrespecting Kobe like that. I'm just saying just that. Say, no, no, but like, I know. I, like, yeah. Hey, guys, listen, people, mm-hmm. I don't care what your Twitter, internet, your favorite <laughs> fan. Like, like no one's dis. Like he, this is an individual that played in all the games, that experienced everything. All of us, like it's okay to say that somebody was struggled in this area, or some of that. But that was part of the reason yeah. why I remember Kobe. I think it was like a couple years later, started gaining weight. He started lifting exactly. more. He exactly. started lifting more. Yeah, he they got called stronger. it the Kobe beef. Yeah. So like instead mm-hmm. of saying that someone's talking trash, yeah. be like, no, like yo, this is like revisionist history mm-hmm. where you're like. Oh, that's why Kobe ended up lifting and doing correct, that because he correct. really struggled in that series. Yep. Also, why Jordan went back and lifted Everybody, a bunch it, it, because he yeah. struggled against the Pistons, so mm-hmm. he got stronger. This is all part of the story. And that's the best thing about great players. They look 
in the offseason, they look back at their season, what was our weekend? This is what I'm going to do, do and, and to make myself better. And I remember also when we were playing San Antonio my last year as a Laker. And, and I usually can – I'm not going to say I can guard Tim – but I usually can keep Tim like in the 25 yeah, point range. You keep him at his average. <laughs> yeah, I keep him at his average. But if you can series, keep somebody at their average, that's a skill. He was averaging 35 on me, and I'm begging. I'm begging Phil for a double team. Like, dude, he pulling that shit I've never seen before. Give me a double team. Nope. Uh, you can handle him. I'm like, shit, the ball got 35, 38, 40. And I'm like, dude, I just – and you, you think about it. Just last season, I held him to his average. And that's what you want because yeah. in the playoffs, to win – the great guys go Have above. The Everybody goes above the average, and so I like, man, he just he just smoked us, and I was in, and that's another reason it's they probably didn't bring it's, me back. It's crazy <laughs> the level of success as a defender. You're like shot you want to have them like sh like point per shot so if they have 22 points, you want them to have to take 21 shots. That means they didn't get a lot of threes, yes. didn't get a ton of free throws, and then also keeping a guy on his average is like an accomplishment. <laughs> That yeah. like you got a guy that averages 25, right? And he shoot and he scores 25 in a postseason. You did your job. Like holding a guy below his average is next to impossible because they can always just continue shooting. Like somebody can be six for 19 and have 28 points because they got 18 free throws. Like you're like, oh well, no, he had 28 on you, and you're just like, well. Yeah, they can do. So keeping a guy at or below his average is all you need. So what's the most points like? Guy has ever scored on you? On me? Or wh why are you Jordan. why are you making that face? Jordan barbecued him <laughs> when he was 52. No, wait, wait. On me or in a game that I was playing in? In a game that he was your position in a game. Let's say you was guarding. Let's say MJ. Was LeBron. No, Bron scored 55. Oh, okay. Oh my God. So oh, he, your career high is 42. Okay. No, 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 yeah. My career high is 42, but I'm saying the most points that, like, was scored against the guy that I started it, against. But did it piss you off, though? It's like, I... It I did. It, it, what two does things. 55 on someone even look like? It's, like a double it, nickel? It, like a double nickel. I, I think it was 55. Like, was it inside? No, was it, no, like, no. They do, he, it, it was Braun. So this was this was Scott Skiles' game plan. We were in Milwaukee. This is when, uh, this bro, is when, this when Mo Williams, when Mo Williams was an all-star. They said, like... Every time they go off, like, because like, I think they won like 60 games that year. He was like, when they really do well is when Mo Williams plays well. So their whole thing was like not to help on Braun and allow Mo, Mo to get off. So it was like ISO. And Braun had like, he had like probably like 18 points in the, in the, in the first half, whatever. Because it was just literally like, what on O? It was like, <laughs> Richard, you and Braun playing one on one. It's like, what kind of shit is this? So then what happened? Braun comes out and Braun just hits like four threes in a row and start start third quarter. Like I'm talking about, and then he starts doing heat checks. Were you not guarding him? <laughs> no, but I'm saying though he was shooting like four like, threes in a row after one. It's like no, 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 no. Three of them were heat checks. He three of them were heat checks. Where like this wasn't like this was not. So you're this was still, This was still like younger Cleveland. This was like younger Cleveland Braun, where he wasn't. This was before he got to like. I'm huge broad in Miami, <laughs> right? And where it was like he was just dunk and all that. No, it was like tons of threes. And you're like, dude, I'm not going to run him off the line. If he's going to knock down threes, he's going to knock down threes for 55. I mean, isn't that like defense, though? You run him off the line and then you yeah, have Yeah, your... but it's like it it's you got someone behind you yeah, to help right. you out. If yeah. you don't, you just let him shoot the three. Yeah. Okay, so then ask the question back. Because Channing, do you, have, like, do you have someone that scored a lot on you? 
Uh, half the league, but you know, but I'm mean, oh, no, not really. I mean, so you're saying you're a really good defender. I just, but I always have this one game that I always remember. Uh, we were playing Minnesota, and it was Chuck Person, and I had I was on. You know, it's one of those games because before that that we played them, Chuck had 30 points. And everybody know. I don't know if you you probably don't know Chuck Persons, the Rifleman. That rifle was his man. nickname, the Rifleman. And so I was determined. I said, you know what? He ain't getting 30 on me tonight. So I'm like on him, right? Using all my energy, defense, not worrying about the offensive end. So I hold him like five points. I'm, I'm good. I come out for the second quarter. They put Matt Bullard in. By the time Matt I Bullard. got back in the game, he had 15 points. All right. So he had got hot. And so now he's running me off. People don't know this. He ran off more screens than Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller learned that from Chuck when he was in Indiana, coming off all those screens. So he came off so many screens. At the end of the game, I'm like this, exhausted. And he has 45. <laughs> and I was seated, boy, because I said, if it wasn't for Matt Bullitt letting him get those two to three oh. shots and getting hot, I would have held him in check. But Wait, once, so a, once my point is, once a player with this caliber that's so good. Once oh. they get hot, that's what I said. It's, it ain't nothing you can do. There's, it's, it's nothing to do with yeah. defense. There is no, oh, there's no stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. Unless you heard unless him you're, back no, truck. unless you're going to, I know where you go. With this the only truck, way you're going to do that, <laughs> the only way you're going to do that is unless you're going to actively double team a guy to get the ball out of hands. But that is such a last resort. And even coaches, because the game was close, like the game didn't get out of reach until I want to feel like later because he caught such fire, like every possession, the dude hit threes on like five straight times down. It's like. This one, Brom, before Brom was even known as a shooter, he could make shots, but he wasn't his, like he could. That wasn't his thing. So it was like, and I look over at Scott, and he was like, "It's fine as long as we don't let Mo Williams get off." I'm like, "What? This man's gonna score 100?" <laughs> That's the. And you probably wanted. You probably when you was in New Jersey, you was probably that one guy that says, "Okay, you're athletic enough, you're quick enough. We're gonna use you as a double teamer, so you can get back to your guy." Yeah. And I hated that in Houston. Oh, I had to double team, and you had to you had to navigate through the crowd and get back to your guy. And at the end of the game, you look at the stat sheet. Your guy got above his average, and everybody else is below the average. And they looking at you like, oh, you didn't guard your well, guy. And the worst part about me, the worst part for me is like with like Jason Kidd, all world defender, like all all NBA defender, all defense. Kenyon Martin, same. Kerry Kittles, same. Jason Collins, like he wasn't like that guy, but he was a very good, very good defender, oh, positional. Charges. What? What? Took charge. Took team. every charge. Yes. Was all that. So it was like whenever like I made mistakes, I had had like the I had the four horsemen looking at me like, <laughs> oh, this guy's an idiot. He can't play defense like the rest of us. So I was like, screw all of you guys. Shit sucks. Yeah, but that's the worst feeling when you helping everybody else guard their guys, and then you look in the stat sheet, everybody's Blair, but your guy like. Yep, I'm going to look like the bum tonight because I helped everybody. Hey, that's what MJ, guys. so when when MJ, when he came back with the Wizards and he scored like, he scored 41 on us after he scored 50. And I remember looking over, because normally, because we had so many defenders on our team, I remember Thank looking you. over at Jay Kidd, because normally if anybody got going at the time, it would be like Paul Pierce or Ray Allen. We would just constantly throw different looks at him. That's why we were a good defensive team. It's like, Kenyon's going to guard you one time, so you got to deal with the height. Richard's going to guard with so you don't know what the hell he's going to do. <laughs> Kerry Kittles will chase you. Jason Kidd is like the, our number one defender, but we couldn't have him guarding those guys for 48 minutes because he also generated all of our offense. He would get too tired. So he would just basically, like, they would just have me, like, chasing these idiots and, like, <laughs> trying to figure it out. But 
I, I, I promise you, when you start to see like great teams and you can almost point like, oh, he's got to do he's got to do all the Tony Allen was one of those oh, guys. Yeah, he's got to do all Marcus Smart. Like you see the guys that do all the work for the team, yeah, even the Holiday. Lakers with Caruso and KCP. And you're like, oh, these guys got to do all the bad, the bad stuff that nobody wants to do. You always got to have one or two. Every championship drew holiday this year. Drew holiday had to chase around Devin Booker. What <laughs> did you Who said that? <laughs> Did, and then he did. Oh, I didn't even hear <laughs> that. Like yeah. Seven seconds ago. Really? <laughs> I no, I didn't I hear think, that in my thing. I think Bridges was like that for the Suns, but he's just he he's missing a little. I think he's missing a little bit of strength because he doesn't have the strength like everybody else. Everybody Let's else, talk the current NBA. Yeah. Yeah. He's 23. Yeah, but he's 23, no, but he's still he's stuff. he's that wiry type of defender that can guard everybody. But I think he needs to get a little bit stronger. Like we talked about what happened with Kobe. He yep. needs to get a little bit stronger that he can step into that next level of being an elite defender. Obviously, Rob, you work with us here at Spectrum. We work with you. We're a team. Um, a, a congrats on your fifth Emmy. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I had fun at the awards, by the way. Win, win more. I had win fun more, at the show, Robert. at the award show. I just wanted to win more, Robert. I had fun there. Mm -hmm. How many Emmys do you have? I have two. Oh, like, this two. dude's got Emmys yeah. and rings. Okay, wait a second. You had fun on the show? Yeah, I had fun at the Emmy Awards, yeah. Yeah, where were you? Uh, that's my point. <laughs> I didn't send out the advice. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so obviously you're up to speed with the current NBA. Yes. You guys work together. Yeah, whatever. With ESPN. I, work, I work for him. Okay, you work for him. <laughs> um, Neither of us got <laughs> We have. <laughs> who's the team? Who's the team? Your honest opinion. If there's one thing we know about Robert Ori, you're going to keep it real. So who's, who's the team this year? This year? Yeah. Who's the team to beat? You know, everybody always like to say uh, the team has to be the defending champs, but shit, they're a big toe away from not being the champs to me. So I, I don't think they're the team to even think about right now because I still think, you know, that I, I, I look at, I still, I'm still looking at Brooklyn because James Harden is going to come in into shape. You know, he's been one of those Ironmen throughout the year. We look at last season and it shows that if you don't put the work in the offseason, It'll bite you in the butt during the regular season. He got hamstrings. He kept having those problems. And I think watching the, what KD has done, he has catapulted himself as a true number one player in the league. You know, no disrespect to LeBron, Giannis, and all these guys, but KD is just <laughs> KD is just on a whole you know, level. And I, 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 but the key is, are you going to get Kyrie to be 100% committed to playing Brooklyn basketball? You know, and does and, it even matter though? Yeah, I know. Yes, he doesn't it doesn't matter, he, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. It, it is. It is. But no, it no. It matters matter. because you know this. Yeah. I it don't care how team. talented your yeah. team is if all 15 guys aren't pushing in the same direction. Yeah. It's harder to do you, it, man. You know, you just mentioned distraction. The reason the Lakers probably won that championship was the distractions they had against you know all the things that were going on with that. So, but I just think Brooklyn is is number one and. And you look around, I think the Lakers is number two. And I'm not just saying that because of the show. Right. I just think if you look at when you put guys together that are, 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 are fiending for a championship, like Camilla and Westbrook, I don't care about the age because if you can stay healthy, which is by every team in the NBA, you have a golden opportunity when you got a name, guy by the name of LeBron James on your team and a guy by the name of Anthony Davis who've had that taste and he wants that taste again of a championship. So I think they're number two. And if I had to rate the champions, I think they're like probably like sixth on that list to win the championship. Who? Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. Because I, I would 
I'm not going to get. Okay, I'm wait, not, who's your three, four, five then? One, Brooklyn. Two, uh, Lakers, Lakers. Three, Sixers. Depending on the Ben Simmons situation. Oh, hell no. Yeah. First of all, when you got a guy like Embiid. Who can cause a lot of problems? <laughs> I gotta go with MB. Can you do a together. two box on Channing and Rob right now, please? And then, uh, <laughs> and, and, I'm not telling you how to do that. Hold on, this last one is gonna hurt me to say if I'm going with the Phoenix Suns. You uh, out of your mind. You out of your mind. You out of your mind, Robert. I can't even worry about Robert, Robert, Phoenix Suns. Listen, man, if the bubble taught us anything. Can I get a towel? And there's no way, there's no way that the Phoenix Suns are going to make it all. Okay. And I like I like I like this because it's always the approach of like I'm assuming a hundred percent health. Okay. If a hundred percent health, no one can beat the Nets. Yeah. And assuming a hundred percent health, the Lakers are the closest team too. Yeah. But here's the thing: is the, you I, really believe that, Rob? What? Yo, the Nets what are said? the Nets, Nets are dude. Yes. Yeah, because it's the thing. You know, even though the Nets bench is gonna suck. <laughs> no, they, they added Patty Mills. They added Patty Mills. Yeah. He's serviceable. They brought back Bruce Brown. They mm -hmm. didn't bring back uh, Jeff Green, which I think is going to hurt them a lot. Hurt them. They, you know, they got they still got Blake. And you know the same the Blake. same shit's going to happen Did you every just year. Say Blake? What? Blake need to be sitting in the chair right here next to us. Yeah, he's gonna win one. He's gonna win one. <laughs> no. But the, no, the same thing's gonna happen. Oh, gonna once the free age, once the buyout market happens again, <laughs> you're gonna have four guys that everyone's like so and so. It could be Kevin Love. It could be whoever. Or Someone's gonna get bought out, yeah. and they're now. I could see Kevin Love coming to the Lakers. Yeah. Cali boy. He would yeah. go. I kid you not. He as much as as much as him and Braun have the most unique brother brother relationship. I a hundred percent could see Kevin going and playing with the Lakers versus playing with Brooklyn. I just got done doing a podcast before this, and someone at they asked me. The host asked me if Russ had to if Kevin Russ had to call Kevin Love and ask him for a tip on how to play with LeBron James. What would Kevin say? Oh, they're very different. That's the thing. The tip, the, the, the Kevin and Russell have very different mindsets. But I would say this to Russell as a guy that has played with other superstars, a guy that has watched like other superstars have to navigate other superstars. This is make no mistake. This is about LeBron. And the minute you can't have three kings, you can't have two kings. You have a king and you have everybody else that he allows to govern in his space. He will establish like the relationship. And that doesn't mean that Russell Westbrook is not a monster, but we, respectfully, you're not LeBron, neither is AD. And the minute everyone realizes that and it's like, hey, what do you think we need to do? Have one, there's only one president. There's only one there's only one dictator and Braun is that dictator and the sooner that you're not tugging and fighting like this is what I want to do this is what I believe we've seen that with other players and other situations the minute that we saw it with D Wade and him where he's like D Wade finally was like Braun this is your team go right like don't pussyfoot around me anymore we saw it with Kyrie and Braun I know right <laughs> We saw it with Bron, Bron and Kyrie a little bit. Of I was like, going to say a little bit or a lot. Well, I'm, look, I'm, I'm, look, I'm not here to, like, bring up all things. I you saw it with Steph and KD. Yeah, but, but yeah, you saw it with Steph and KD. What about Kobe and Shaq? Yeah, but those boys were that two was, alphas in the prime. Different. That was different. That was, they didn't really have to defer because we could, you know, we could control what Kobe did. 
Yeah, because you guys would do the not, you guys would do those those like eyesight to not pass it to them. <laughs> Tell everybody that Wait. was true. It, 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 yeah, actually, really quick, mm -hmm. did you guys talk about this on your podcast? No. Because, oh, I wanted to take a moment because obviously Richard and Channing, Road Trippin, and the Big Shot Bob podcast um, have teamed up here. So we're doing like a home and home, and I know that there's some stories on your podcast that Richard wanted to be replayed on this podcast. So I want a couple of stories, but so, this one, sorry, go you on. Know, due to the fact that we just had, you know, Kobe Bryant Day, and I hate when guys that go around and tell all these Kobe stories that weren't there, like this story. Oh. Like I, think I have so many guys that weren't on the team to tell this story. What story? We had this thing when Kobe would go on that, everybody knows Kobe would go on that thing where he just shoot every ball. And so we would do this, and Kobe never knew what this meant. <laughs> And that means don't pass in the ball. We had this thing called four pass. And you could be that far from Kobe. We were like, ah, can't pass him. We would go the other way. And Co you, you, you know Kobe, how you do that thing with hell time? <laughs> he would get so mad, but it was, a, it was to calm him down and to get back into the floor of the offense because he could come out, you, he would just go one-on-one -on -one with guys. You know, he had that mentality, if I, you can't play defense, you can't guard me. You know, so I'm going to go and at And every you, so. time I touch it, <laughs> yeah. I am a threat. And yeah. my goal is to try and score it yeah. every time so I touch we, it. And you have so many guys that tell this story about da-da-da-da-da. And I just recently heard a story about how when he we played the Wizards and MJ said something about these under shoes. And then they said Kobe didn't speak to the team for two weeks. That's such bullshit. You know, it's such bullshit because Kobe, I remember this game and he came Tell in. Tell the story. He, I, don't know the I, I don't know the full story, but I remember when MJ went off in Washington on Kobe and they said that you're not ready to feel these shoes yet or something of that nature. Oh, okay. And they said it pissed Kobe off so much that he didn't talk to the team for two weeks. I'm like, that's not true. The only time Kobe didn't talk to the team was when we kicked their ass in practice, the second team. And he was pissed because he wanted his revenge. And that's the only time he didn't talk to the team because he wanted to go back and practice and get revenge against the second team. And sometimes like sometime we tell Phil, like, oh, we ain't practicing today, Phil, just to piss him off. So that's the only thing, man. I feel all like the so days much of today's... It's, it's just, all, it's like, I know I, I love Kobe to death and I laugh at all these stories because everybody has a Kobe Bryant story. Yeah. Some of them have been falsified, some of them were true, but... So that was, so, so it's a symbol one more time of when you guys knew. Because we heard, I heard about this back in 04. What does that even mean, though? You video know, you play games? video games? Yeah, video games. So you can control the man control. on the video game. So this was a symbol. <gasps> we got to control him. Because he control was like him. a video game. And you guys yeah. literally were on... <laughs> no, but this was, these were rumors that were coming out in like 02, 03, yeah. 04. Oh, okay. That like, they would, they had signals, <laughs> hand signals and eye signals. But I never thought that would be true. I'm like, that sounds childish. Well, right? And how does he, how does Kobe not figure this out? He, yeah, because he wouldn't do it. Like, if he's looking that way, be like... You know, <laughs> so he didn't see it. He didn't see it. So think about it. If you watching the game, you don't know. You don't it can know, be a you play don't know call. What kind of it can be a defense. Yeah, we like this. Yeah. And so, and we, you can. And that just means for the next like possession or for the next like. No, no it just means just like it just means slow it down. It yeah. just means like yo, he's he's getting he's yeah. getting excited. And he would get mad, boy. He would like because in the triangle, you can get in positions where you can be like we think this thing called four pass. Yeah. And Kobe would literally pass it a certain way to make sure he got the pass on the fourth pass so he can, you know, go one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. And But we would come down like, ah, can't get it to you, and go the opposite way. He would get so mad, and we thought it was the funniest thing. But when you're that good as a team, yeah. you can do stuff like that. You know, like I right. said earlier, where we just say, hey, Kobe, Get your get your money right. Right. And we was just that good where we can do things like that. But then but, but now, but to, now the flip side of it. We did tell the chat. story. No, 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 no. <laughs> 
when Kobe was on like his 40 point streak, yeah. right? And he was crushing. He was like, yo, he wanted to get it. Yeah. You guys were like, what you going, what you going to do for us? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like Kobe lit because people don't understand. And we talked about mm -hmm. in his podcast how one time like game was over. Time was about to expire. Jason Kidd was one, <laughs> one assist away from a triple-double. He looks at me, he's like, yo, I need one more assist. I'm like, I'll shoot it. So, and, like, the game is over. Houston is just standing there waiting for the clock to run out. We're up by 10. There's no one fouling. So you know that you do not shoot in that moment. Yeah. You do not score in that moment. That's it. So J.K. was like, I need one more assist for a triple-double. I'm like, obviously, I'm your man. <laughs> I'm your man. Yeah. Right? And I was like, buckle up. So he tossed it to me, and I shoot a three. I said I'll shoot it. I didn't go lay it up. I still had somewhat had to knock down a shot. So I knocked down, and I feel, I feel like it was Ray for Austin. I was like, hey, what the? And then, like, me and J. Kidd just sprint off the floor, and J. Kidd was like, don't worry. I'll tell the media. Like, I told Richard to shoot it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, like, these are the things that you do for a yeah. teammate. And what did you guys do for Kobe? Yeah, we had – Kobe was on this streak, and it was a 40-point streak. Uh, it was eight games, I think it was, right? And he was, like, at five games, and he – he was like, hey, I can break the record for most 40 points game score. And so we looked at him and we're like, what you gonna do for us? You know? <laughs> and at the time, Shaq was hurt. So we was like, it was pretty much the Kobe show. And so we was like, what you gonna do for us? And I said, mm. I said, you got that big contract with Adidas. I said, my kids would look fresh and something. So we all, it was, if you could go in, I wish we had camera phones back then. Yeah. yeah. Cause we, everybody on the guy, every guy went to the boys, it's like, B show, I won't, ba da 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 da. Robert Ory, I want ba da ba da ba. You know, Rick Fox, I want da 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 da. And we all put it on the board, right? And said, "This is what oh, we want." Oh my God! And, you know, amazing. as a joke, but we yeah. didn't care because we were that good. And he was, yeah. he was on fire. And you feed a guy, so we, every game we just going to him, going to him, going to him. And he was, we were breaking the offense. Phil, Phil got to the point he just sat down because he knew what we were doing. Yeah. But when you're that good as a team, you can do things like that because you say, "Hey," and you got players that are that good like Kobe. You can carry us by yourself. Go ahead. Do your thing. And he was just going off one by one game. He was. And I feel like it. this generation is so used to seeing clips or like the videos and what's gone viral of Kobe like late in his career. Yeah. Right. And like, 24. Yeah. Yeah. Number what eight was, sucks. What did you say? <laughs> number eight sucks, man. Because it and was I, so good. Yeah. Number eight wasn't <laughs> cool because like. He was so athletic. So this is the thing. All the oohs and ahs, the crossovers, the threes, and all, and, the, and all, 24, 24 was like later MJ, where it wasn't like 360 windmill dunk. So it was, like, it was just very efficient, mm -hmm. very like, I'm going to be more surgical. That was 24, he like was older MJ. Yeah, yes. When he was eight, like he would like, do, like, and I know he scored, he scored 81, but, but look, when, when he was taken off from the free throw line, when he was going around his back, when he was 360 windmill dunking on people, that was eight. And that was very disrespectful of Kobe. That one was a lot less fun to guard. And I just, that's See, just the truth. You know, we have that question on our show. Who yeah. I, I always say I prefer number eight in 24. Yeah. yeah. Because eight was, eight was going to put people in the seat. Yeah. yeah. You know, 24 is going to win the championships because he was more refined and he loved playing with his teammates and he did all that kind of stuff. Not saying he didn't love playing with us, but yeah. he was more into his teammates than he was when we was together, you know. So, but he was, I look at some of the things he used to do and I'd be like, damn, this dude was good. Like, damn, was it was what we saw of, like, what he did in practice and, like, the competitive, was it like that with you guys? Oh, yeah. Just like, for instance, when we beat them in practice, the second team would beat the yeah. first team, he'd be pissed. You know, that's when it's so-called Reuben Patterson became the Kobe stopper because we had those moments in practice with Reuben beyond him. And Kobe was like just trying. Kobe would literally take practice to practice. 
You know, he would try stuff that he later on perfected. Like, you know, you, you had seen the game where he shoots everything left-handed. Yeah. He would go into practice and shoot left-handed. And next thing you know, you know, Shaq doesn't come out. We hit threes, we go up, and we win the game in practice. And Kobe's pissed because, you know, we won. You know, then he come the next day, we don't practice. And, and, and Ruben was very arrogant. He talked a lot of shit to Kobe, so he just got pissed off every day after every day. So those are the days that, that, you know, Kobe's fire would just build up, and he would go at a guy and practice and just talk so much trash in the locker room. Like, yeah, I've been waiting on this day. You know, I got my revenge. And everybody would be looking like, it's practice. <laughs> but it's he practice. didn't care. He did not care. He wanted to win regardless. So he, he it was fun. It was, it, we had some great times in practice, man. It was a great time. They don't practice no more. Mm -mm. They don't practice no more. Like, NBA, you, you've been, you were at 100 practices with the Cavs. You've been in practice with the Lakers. We just don't, we don't practice, it's different. And that was like people, I remember when I was like in my- do like shooting drills. Yeah, but people would be like, man, Rich, you remember this as you, cause you remember you were a vet. They were like, I would like leave right, right after Labor Day and I'd be like 10, 12 pounds, like heavy. They'd be like, man, how do you start the season? And you're like super skinny. I'm like, yeah, because back then we would do two a days. There'd be two and a half hours a piece. Both practices would be contact. You would do it on Monday. You would do it on Tuesday. You would have one a day on, on Wednesday. You would do two on Thursday. And what would they say on the first practice on Friday? What would they say? It depends on how it goes. <laughs> it depends on how it goes. Me and Robert never had the same coach. Me and Robert Ori never were on the same team. And they told every player the same shit. We're depending on how it goes, we only got goes, one plan today. Well, we Rob, from episode 35 to episode 165, depending on how this goes, what our <laughs> fans think of you, we might have you back. God, it was terrible. <laughs> Maybe the next time we have you back, you'll be in the Hall of Fame. I Wait a second, that's the one question. Ooh. Last question. That's what I wanted to end on. You've got three minutes. Rob's three minutes of fame. <laughs> Rob's three minutes of fame. Give it to me. How surprised were you when Rudy Tomjanovich did what he did in that moment? Like, was that, whether you get into it or not, and I know that that is important, and I believe, to me, I believe that you are a Hall of Famer Thank because you. I think we need to highlight the people that have helped the superstars become, quote, unquote, the superstars, right? Like, you hit crucial shots in every single one of them. What was that like? How surprised were you when Rudy Tomjanovich did what he did? You know, I was, I, 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 I'm going to start from the beginning because I only wanted to see Vanessa and Rudy. I didn't want to see anybody else. I didn't want to see Tim. Nobody, because we know how boring Tim can be. <laughs> I, I thought he was great. See, see Tim is not, he was actually not, surprisingly good. Tim is not boring yeah. because, like, if you know him and you know how to poke and prod yeah. him, like, you'll get, you'll get some. Yeah, you'll he was get surprisingly some. good. So, but I was watching, and me and my wife were sitting there, and she looked at me like, he forgot about you. I'm like, like, damn, this motherfucker forgot about me because he goes through his whole speech. He mentions everybody but me. I'm like, well, damn, Rudy, what about me? And at the end, when he says, you know, I want to, you know, talk about Robert Ory getting in the Hall of Fame, I literally shed a tear, man, because yeah. I, I always talk about my favorite coach is Rudy T. And I talk about how his, 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 his coaching style changed me as a player and how him believing in me when nobody else did. And one of the reasons I got traded when I was with, you know, defend, I mean, to uh, Detroit is because I wouldn't, I didn't believe in myself and he believed in me. And so I know it sounds really say he traded, but I came back, he came to me and said, hey, I believe in you. So um, he was just a great coach. Any coach that can come to you and say, hey, what do you want to do? What can I do to make you better? It's not like I'm gonna run a system. 
You tell me what I can do to make you successful on this team. And I just felt like that's the first time a coach has ever come to me and said, yo, what can I do to make you better? And I just felt like he was a great coach. But when he said that, I'm crying. I'm like, I'm like, I won't cry. But I'm saying to him, and, and Candace is looking at me like, why are you crying? I says, do you know how, <laughs> do you know how important it is for a guy who gets on in the that hall, stage, yeah, yep. to acknowledge someone else, because now it puts the Hall of Fame on notice and like, oh, well, maybe we need to look at this guy, because I, you know, I never, I never thought I would get in the Hall of Fame if I do get in, you know, because I know everybody. First thing everybody out of everybody's mouth is, he didn't score enough points. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, motherfucker, the game ain't about points. I said, this is where you got to confuse. It's like, I played great defense. I did a lot of things for the team. I made the team successful. You know, my favorite line is, I don't make the product, but I damn sure make it better. And so that's what I did for every NBA team I played for. So do I deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? It's up to the people who vote. It is up to yes. the people who vote. But the last thing I'll say is this. As a person who I played in four NBA finals, I 17 years, the only reason why I the only reason why I played as well in 2016 is because in 2002 when we lost to the Spurs, I saw that the people that changed the series over was Steve Kerr, Speedy Claxton. Those were the difference makers, right? It's the stars, but the guys that like Steve Kerr hits two threes, you can't leave him now. Tim Duncan goes for damn near a quadruple double. So very early on I saw that 7 through 10, right? 6 through 10 do decide NBA championships. So going into 16, I was super, super locked in. But you being one of those 6 through 10, 5 through 10 guys, you did that your entire career, hit big shots, big moments. And it was just like, we did it podcast, and he has this little thing in the background of like all <laughs> these big shots. And I'm like, I've seen every one of those shots because he's got big shots in, in three different uniforms for the Lakers, for the Spurs, for the Rockets. It was just, it, it's nuts. So I, I believe you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, and I look forward to seeing that moment. Hey, yeah. you know, I'm a party like a monk. If I I'm with do. you. Call me. <laughs> hey, call me. I'm calling you. We. Because I know you're going to bring some good wine. Yeah, great wine. <laughs> Rob, we appreciate you. You're a seven-time champ, but you're a friend. We love having you on. Uh, I love being here. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me on my birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. We want to thank the Wagner family of Camus Vineyards for providing us with some of their delicious wines. In addition to Camus Cabernet from Napa Valley, the Wagners made a range of other wines from diverse parts of California. We recommend trying them all. We're really enjoying sipping on them during the podcast, and we're also sending our lucky guests some Camus and other wines made by the family after each show.